0: listening to Unique Leaders Podcast. I'm Megan DiMartino. Success is in the story. Each week, I'll be speaking with a unique leader, not only in their field, but in their lives. Join us for a glimpse of their passion and talents. There's always a surprise in their story. Be the first to hear. Hello, 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 and welcome to Unique Leaders Live. I'm Megan DiMartino, and it is Friday. And it is my favorite day of the week, as I say, not because it's the weekend, but because of Unique Leaders Live. I so love bringing these unique leaders to you. That way you can learn from them. They say that success leaves clues, which is great, but I want you to have the whole story. This is about them. It brings you to their beginning of them and then where their dreams, goals, and desires started and how that evolved to today. So this is about my guest, Daniel Gomez. But before we go there, I'd like you to share this out to all of your social media platforms, everyone from your personal friends to business friends, because I can assure you that in Daniel's story, you will see not only yourself, but also your friends, family, and, uh, you know, business uh, colleagues. So uh, it is such an opportunity to learn and grow from these amazing people and their stories. So share it out on all your social media platforms and also go to YouTube and subscribe. Daniel's story will be there, but all of the subsequent uh, Unique Leader Live shows will be, are there, I should say, and they are amazing. These are people from Sharon Lecter to Bob Berg to uh, Glenn Lundy to uh, Heather Parody to on and on and on. These are individuals that have amazing stories. They just didn't arrive to where they are today. So you need to go to YouTube and subscribe and really go back into the archives and visit some of these shows. And then next week it will be... uh, By Tuesday on all the podcasting platforms, but they're there now. So go to the Unique Leaders Live, Megan DiMartino podcasting platforms, and you will so enjoy as you're working out, doing your walking, whatever you're doing, and you'll glean so many nuggets of wisdom and inspiration from my Unique Leaders. So go there as well and subscribe. It not only will help uh, the Unique Leaders Live, but it'll help others to find us. So I would so appreciate that, and so would my guests. So without further ado, I'd like you to meet my guest, Daniel Gomez.
1: Megan, thank you so much for bringing me on your show. I'm so excited. I had it on my calendar. I'm like, woohoo! today is the day. Today is the day.
0: (laughs) And you know, we met about a month plus ago at Zandra Evans Amazing TV. Um, and uh, we are that day we were both interviewed. And so our shows will be up soon on Zandra TV. So isn't it great how God connects the dots?
1: Yeah, i tell you what, sometimes we make our own plans, but I love the word of God that says that his plans override ours. And I think he told me that in the beginning of 2021. He goes, you're going to make your plans, but you better not get frustrated when my plans overlay your plans. And when I met you, it was it wasn't really planned, and it's just it's amazing because when you really let go of control, and that's one thing that I had to really submit to is let go of control because in reality we're not in control anyways. And yeah. when you surrender to that, it's like everything else opens up and you meet amazing people like yourself and So I'm honored to be here, Megan. Thank you so much.
0: Truly my pleasure. When we met, I knew immediately after we started speaking that uh, you needed to be with me on Unique Leaders. So let's go back to young Daniel. Where did you grow up? A little bit about the DNA, so to speak, of your dreams and goals and the evolution. So let's start there.
1: Well, young Daniel. Yeah. Young Daniel grew up here in San Antonio, Texas, on the south side and I remember eating cereal with water, Megan. I remember eating cereal with water. And we always kind of, they didn't have a lot of everything. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget one of the lowest points of my life was I was a seventh grader in middle school. And we had just finished football practice. And one of the gentlemen there, one of the other students said, yeah, we're going to go eat this big burger at, at this burger place, Ruckers. And he goes, man, ain't the burgers good there? And to be honest with you, Megan... Never had been there. For sure. But I remember I said, yeah, they're good, ain't they? And I lied to myself just to fit in. I lied. Think about that. I lied to say I was at a, at a, at a restaurant, right? A dumb restaurant to think just to fit in.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'll never forget, I was the last one to leave that day from the football practice. And I just felt low, little. And internally, I said, why am I lying about food? Never do I want to lie about that. Mm-hmm. And it just put a hunger inside of me that I didn't really know it was there. It was I made a decision that day, but it was dormant for many years. And I think as I grew up to get older, I really didn't have an ambition. You know, you always hear these people in high school that it, my mom wants me to do this. My dad wants me to do this. And I didn't have a mom. I lost my mom when I was 10 years old mm-hmm. to breast cancer. And then my after that happened, you know, it was kind of just we moved around here and there. And But I'll tell you that. One thing that I would remember is my brother-in-law used to tell me, you know, Daniel's smart, Daniel's smart. He used to always kind of affirm me with that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I was kind of smart in school. You know, I, I didn't take it for granted, but math came easy for me. But
2: mm-hmm.
1: I, did, I didn't I did really have a big dream or ambition to tell you that. I just knew that I needed to do something with myself because that moment lying about a burger, I said I was born for more than that. Mm-hmm. And I think when when that seed was planted in me and I... Just really excelled. And then I'll never forget my high school sweetheart. Her, her her, mom and dad said that you're going to be like your brother. You're not going to amount to anything. Mm-hmm. And I think that really fueled me because I was really pissed off, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. Mm-hmm. But that was just kind of my my guidance to really when I got my first nine to five job as a didn't go to college. We couldn't afford it at the moment. And then next thing you know, started working at a company called Planning Got my associates in culture. So I was a plant guy
2: <laughs> oh, that's great. Mm-hmm.
1: And the rest is history. I swore I was introduced to sales.
2: Mm-hmm. I
1: realized I had a little natural act in, in selling plants. so I said, well, if I can sell plants, I can sell anything and the rest that's, is history
2: that's right. <laughs> well
0: let's go back for a minute to a the Fud Ruckers burger incident and uh, and then your brother affirming you. Um, Daniel smart, Daniel smart. So that word affirmation is very powerful. And you said you didn't take it uh, idly or you paid attention to it. Uh, when, But when did you uh, own that you did not want to have to fictitiously present your life? When did you, was it right then and there or was it after that?
1: Well, I, I think in that moment in my life, I was in seventh grade and I just, I felt little, but I was the youngest cousin. I think growing up, there was three main cousins, four main cousins that I always hung around. I was the youngest. I was a fat kid. I was a fat kid that didn't fit in. And I always felt like an outsider to say I was trying to fit in with everybody else. Mm-hmm. And and as at that moment, I just really said, well, is this the way it's going to be? Or I said, no, right? I, I stayed in football. The next year was eighth grade. I, I really pushed myself in, in playing football, playing basketball, because I said, well, if I can stay active, I can lose weight. And then next thing, you know, by eighth grade, I had lost all this weight and mm-hmm. I wore the same weights pretty much for, for the rest of my life, waist 33 wow. and I'm a 34 now, but so, but, but i maintained it and it was really a goal because I knew what it was like to be made fun of and be called the fat cousin, the fat kid,
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and,
1: and that's why I'm real. I, I think I carried those scars inside of me for so long, but as I got older, I just, I just reflected back and that was kind of my fuel. And then when, when I was told that you're going to be like your brother, you're not going to be about to anything. And it just really like, it, it was just a fuel to me. And, and that's where God had to come in and take out that anger because by that time it was kind of anger and resentment, right? It was an energy that carried me to a certain point,
2: mm-hmm. but
1: then I had to release it and, and forgive people. And it's amazing just sometimes we harbor these emotions. We're not, a, we're not aware because think, think of a trash compactor. We put trash into the trash can and we compact it. We push it down, push it down, push it down. And the next thing you know, it's like sooner or later, the trash is going to overfill. Yes. And that's what happens to our emotions. And as leaders, we're not aware of it sometimes. We're not aware that the substance that comes up right now, those little triggers are from a divorce or they're from, a, from childhood or they're from junior high. We, we, we don't realize that. And then we take it out on our team or we take it out on our employees or our wife or our husband, but it's things that we have never dealt with. And I can tell you these past four years that being my age now, God had to do a lot of healing in my soul. And that's Mm -hmm. where people don't go is they go to the mind, they go to the heart level, but they never really go to the soul level, Megan.
0: So before we go into that, because I really do want to delve into that, because that's really one of the things that you and I spoke about the day we met. But let's go back to the plant guy, because I want to bring (laughs) our friends, our guests to from the plant guy to what you're speaking about right now, because you've done so much. So but um, so but you said something very key that you went and got an associate's degree. So hello, that's school. So you then found something that you liked i.e. plants and went to school for it is that correct yeah. is that
1: how it happened well it was it was funny because i i, I graduated needed a job applied it there's a big grocery store here in, in texas south texas called heb mm-hmm. and um i got hired at heb and then i had gone for an interview at, at the company called plant interscapes at the time and uh they didn't hire well they didn't hire me and i had gone back to a hotel because i had applied at, i mean i was just just out of high school 19 years old mm-hmm. and i saw this lady i'm like yay! I applied there and they're like, Oh, they, you know, they kind of, Oh yeah, we had some a different applicant. And so I just shrugged it off. And so I had gone to this other interview and they were like, Hey, okay, great. You got the job, H-E-B warehouse. You're going to work at the grocery store. You need still toes. I didn't have any still toes. So at the time I borrowed a hundred dollars. I said, look, I need some still toes. If not, I can't get this job, but mm-hmm. can you lend me the hundred dollars? So I got the hundred dollars and, uh, Soon as I was I God is my witness, I was on my way to go buy these still toes that they called me back from Planet's skips and they said, Hey, come back for another interview. And I'm like, he, And I, I I told the lady Kate, Kate, was her name? My old boss I said, You hired somebody. Like I just saw him at the hotel like a couple of weeks ago. She's like, No, come back. Well, the girl quit, the one that they that they hired instead of mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I was torn. I had a hundred dollars, which was a lot of money to me back then. This was like 20 something years ago. Sure. I was like, what do I do? And uh, they didn't really cry out to God because I wasn't really in communion with God at the moment. I'll just be honest mm-hmm. with you. I just said, mm-hmm. like, man, like, what do I do? And God knowingly, right? God's always in control. He, he led me to through yes. escapes. She goes, I think you're going to do great. I took the job. The rest is history. And when I took the job, I didn't know it was a Christian organization. It was faith-based. We're there, and they trained me, and I just worked my way up. And then this is where the real breakthrough came. Now looking back, I see that God was preparing me for where I'm at right now in life.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And what I mean by that is, we were doing right. We do interior landscaping, these big old rafis palms, Kentiel palms. You're talking about palms that cost ten thousand dollars. People have these inside their house. Wow. So, yes. we were, so we were doing houses to the caliber of David Robinson from the Spurs, George Strait's house. We were doing millionaires' houses at the Dominion. It was a new at the time. It was a new community here in San Antonio. And mm-hmm. I'm going under, these are mansions. You're talking about 30 foot ceilings and God allowed my capacity to expand without me even knowing it. Right. And I think that set the foundation of where I was yes. Um, really just thinking bigger. And I was like, wow, like, you know, you have that cost. one to be the, how does somebody afford a house like this? But God put me in that environment. Right. And that really I believe now, looking back, reflected, God was preparing me little by little to where I'm Absolutely. at now.
0: Absolutely. You know, as you're speaking, um, thinking about uh, not only myself, but other people that um, I've listened to recently on Clubhouse, the app, um, specifically Breakfast with Champions and um, Glenn Lundy, who you know as well. And um, it's I, I really see a thread of all Uh, people that, you know, unique leaders have a grit and a grace upon them. And then that goal that they just continue to go on, you know, but it's that drive that but but that drive, as you just said, was then it was it was marinating as a younger person in you. But then when you had that experience with the uh, job, the amazing company. Um, it then planted those further seeds in yeah. you of, of really over the horizon, a greater vision for yourself.
1: Yeah, and in the Mexican language, we call it ganas, right? Grit is ganas. Okay. You can, you can teach someone the skill set, but if they don't have the heart, if they don't have the grit, right? They don't have the ganas, the corazon, it ain't going to happen. And as and I remember going and, and seeing these houses and just doing their and then the funny thing is going into one of these multi-million dollar mansions, there was a lady named Miss Gravel, and I, I remember saying, Oh, Miss Gravel, you, you know, um, so and so just got a palm tree. You might want to put it there. I and I but I didn't understand, right? The Joneses, right, even millionaires want to keep up with each other. She goes, What do you mean? She goes, Yeah, you know, it's a bare spot. And I just saw this palm tree; it might look good there. I just—it was just a suggestion. She goes, "I want one. Send me one." I said, "Okay, great." So I go back to the office. I tell Mike, the owner, I said, "Hey, Mike, this lady—she wants to get a, a bid on a palm tree." And she goes, "Well, put it together. Put the proposal together." I'm like, "Okay, great. Like, what's a proposal? I didn't know. I wasn't a salesperson. I was—I was out there taking care of the, right. the issues in, inside these mansions and these other mm-hmm. high-rise hotels and buildings." And so I put it together, submitted, and I'm looking at this, and I'm like. $10,900. You know, in my mind, I'm like, that's my car. Ain't nobody exactly. going to buy this. <laughs> but, I faxed right. it over because back in the day, it was fax machines. I faxed it over. Not even five minutes later, Daniel got a fax. She approved it. Just like that. Boom. Just
0: like that. Mm-hmm.
1: So I'm like, hey, okay, Mike, here you go. Like She goes, okay, well, will turn it in. You told me what to do. And then like two months or three months passed by, and Michael goes, hey, Daniel. I was like, what's going on, sir? He goes, I just, I've been doing commissions for the last two months and you, you haven't turned in your, your voucher for your palm tree you sold. And that was God, right? Cause I forgot about it. I'm like, that was two months ago. I go palm tree. He goes, yeah. He goes, you sold that palm tree. You're going to get paid for this. I said, I am. Oh, don't tell this Mexican that. I go, well, how, how much I, on my mind, I said, what do I, what do I make? 50 bucks? He goes, no, man, you made $500. Uh-huh. dollars Goes, yeah, you get 5%. You time was $10,000 with the palm and the ceramic gaining container. And, oh, I got a $500 bonus. I said, this Mexican was out there. You need a plant there. You know what? You could use a flower there. Everywhere I went, I was making suggestions. And guess what? People were saying yes. And next thing you know, I had the sales manager of the, of the organization upset with me because, Daniel, you're not a salesperson. You're in service. But I still kept doing it. My Google was on oh, listen to them. Just keep doing what you're doing. And that's where my sales career started. And ever since then, I've been suggesting this and suggesting that. And it's gotten me to where I'm at. <laughs>
0: Amen, brother. Because it's not about sleazy, slimy. It's about sharing information. And you have such an infectious personality. And of course, that Mrs. Burrows or whatever you, uh, her name was that, but you were just pure and, and sincere about that that palm tree would look great there because George Strait had one yes
1: <laughs> and and i just i just really like right the power of suggestion and yeah we, we can use that in business and it's just guiding people and just saying hey can i suggest this for this like right because if they say yes it's their it's their idea you didn't sell it to them but you're just suggesting and they told me that and next thing you know i i, I got promoted to um in the in that organization was called service manager so everywhere i went I would see all these accounts and we would take care of the Marriott's and the Hilton's and Mm -hmm. more, um, you know, high dollar residents that we would do. Tom Lee Jones was one of our clients when he was living here at the high rise of Broadway.
0: I remember that. Mm
1: -hmm. I just made suggestions and the rest is history. And then when my dad, my career there came in, I really thought I was going to be there forever, to be honest with you. But God Mm -hmm. had other plans. Mm -hmm. My dad got diagnosed with uh, stage four uh, colon cancer, liver cancer, and I resigned to take care of my dad. -hmm. And the owner was upset because he had sent me to school. He had sent me to get my associates. I was, we were making money. I was like twenty five years old, making like forty thousand, and that was a lot to me back then, right? I was, I was a, I was a young kid, twenty five, making forty thousand. I was like, at at the time, right? They, at the time, they had ingrained in my head, if you're making your age in thousands, you're good, right? So if you're twenty five, making twenty five thousand, you're good. If you're thirty five, making thirty five thousand, that was the thinking that they had instilled in my brain.
0: Wow, I never heard that before. Wow. Okay.
1: So I was like, well, I'm ahead, I'm ahead, 15 years, so let's do this. And then when that happened to my dad, I just knew that mm-hmm. that it, it was, it was, I didn't know what was going on inside of me, but I just knew that God got a hold of my heart because when my dad was, when he was, they told him he got a, a year, a month to live. I cried. Mm-hmm. I said, God, I don't know you, man. I said, but if you help my dad, I'll serve you the rest of my life. <laughs> I just cried, went home, got drunk, got totally drunk. Mm -hmm. Woke up the next day and didn't have a hangover. I was on fire for God. And my wife thought I was crazy. I didn't know what was going on inside of me. The spirit of Christ just ignited in me. And I said, dad, you're going to be okay. And he ended up passing away. But uh, he lived a year. So I got a chance to... To work with them for a year we started uh we op- opened up my first business uh it was a piñata store and it was amazing learned a lot of great lessons but ever since then i i submitted to god i learned his principles and one thing that never left me even though i backslid for a while mm-hmm. for a couple of years along the way between then and now is his principles are true regardless of your believer or not and i knew that if i gave that he would bless me and that worked for a couple of eight years, but after a while, he goes, dude, this isn't going to work anymore. I want your heart back. Because I served him for eight years. Mm-hmm. I was a Bible thumper. They made fun of me. I didn't care, but for eight years, I backslid. And four years ago, when my wife was diagnosed with breast cancer, he called me back home, and I knew when what it was going. I knew what, what it was, and I just surrendered. And here we are four years later by his grace, and it's just been an amazing, amazing ride.
0: So during the backslidden days um is is that when you were in the car industry?
1: Yes, I started off I was in the car industry for almost two decades. Mm-hmm. I started off working just sales uh, after mm-hmm. my dad passed away it mm-hmm. closed on our piñata store and then I was depressed to be honest with you for probably about 6 months just kind of stayed home. My wife went back to Home Depot, she was a manager there and she supported us for a year and and then just a friend of mine goes, dude, it's time to go back to work, like really go back to work because I had a job that I hated at a call center.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: um, just car sales rung out to me. And of course, I was a Christian. I was serving God. I was like a Bible thumper, like I said. And mm-hmm. I was close. Cool. A Jesus freak. I would call myself a Jesus freak. I think that's when that song came out.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I embraced that. So people made fun of me. They keyed my car. I didn't care. And and And, mm-hmm. you know, God was blessing me. This young kid coming in, 26 years old. Outselling everybody, and it was God, right? The twenty two thousand, two two thousand three, one trips to Hawaii made a hundred thousand, which is now equivalent to like a quarter million in sales and sure. in, in income. And but I say that because as God was growing me, it was it was I was there and
2: mm-hmm. going
1: to church. And then I think the more prominence I got, it's kind of like gaining weight little by little. I started taking one step back, one step back, and then yeah. one day I just, um, I guess my heart went. I was, we were, the thing is this, is we were still going to church, right? I had one foot in one foot out because I knew who my source was, right? I knew who my source was. Yes. Yes. He just didn't have my heart.
0: Yes. That's, that's the point I think is the most important point that uh, I'd like to share the next remaining time because um, and share what you're doing currently, but it is about, I mean, so many people, including myself, um, you know, know no, know Jesus and know the word, but don't really, um, on a daily basis, um, in, in seasons, don't dig in and then life happens because life is here and it's in your face. But so you have to be vigilant in seeking God.
1: Yeah. And I can tell you that when, when this happened, um, I was still in the car business, I was, I received a phone call, I could barely understand what my wife was saying. And all I heard was breast cancer. Mm-hmm. And when that happened, I remember listening to myself and I just sort her go home. And as I was driving home, just the check engine light came on, on the car and I could hear God saying, you know, dude, the car, the light has been on in your life for a long time, the check engine light, and you have just been ignoring it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And the thing is, I didn't realize how far I was from God. Mm-hmm. I didn't really realize, to be honest with you.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, we went to the doctor, we got a second opinion. And the thing is that our house was paid off. We had the Rolexes, the Corvettes and all that. But God says, you've been trusting in yourself and your money too long.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. I'm going to put you in a place where you and your material things cannot help you. Mm -hmm. And I was in a corner. But I didn't realize how big my ego was to say. And I just remember coming home one day, we had gone to go have dinner and I heard a song from Micah Taylor that said, I want to be different. Mm-hmm. I just started crying when I heard it because it was like God speaking to me through that song. And he says, mm-hmm. it's time to come home, man. And they called us and they said, hey, um, my friend, a uh, friend called me and he says, hey, they want to pray for your wife. Is it okay? I said, yeah, sure. My pastor wants to go over. and said, Yeah. Pastor shows up. True story. Pastor gets there and says, "Daniel, um, is it okay we pray for your wife?" In the back of my mind, I'm like, "Are you kidding me? Like, dummy? Like, I didn't say this to the pastor, but I'm thinking, I'm like, why in the hell do you think you're here?" I'm, I'm this is the internal dialogue going on inside of me. I'm just being real. I'm like, yeah, like, oh, that's why you're here, cause my wife. But as I reflect back, God said, you know, He asked you because He didn't see me in you. Mm. In that very moment mm. and I was like wow mm. it's not he knew why he was there yes but I he think. just wanted to make sure that are you okay with it because I don't see God in you son but if you think if it's okay with you let's do this and so after that happened my wife had a double mastectomy got depressed on me and I made a decision to honor my vows left the car business And I didn't realize at that moment, though, Megan, how much junk I had inside of me. See, because as a leader, I think most one thing that being a unique leader is you have to be honest with yourself. If you can't be honest with yourself, people know it, right? They know you're living in this facade. My ego was so big. My pride, I was prideful, real self-centered. And I think a lot of leaders that are like the way I was, that's where they fall in leadership because Mm -hmm. they make it about them. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows it around them, except they don't want to admit it to themselves. It's like Mm -hmm. an alcoholic and that's why organizations fall. That's why organizations or revenues go down and that's why people get disengaged and leave. But I couldn't see that within myself. And now when I go out there and
2: Mm -hmm. train
1: on leadership and team building, I see it. And that's one of the main things that keep organizations from going to that next level.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: But to backtrack and say, as, as I honored my wife and I resigned and I was there and I looked in the mirror one day, and I didn't like who I was because I didn't realize how much junk I had inside of me. I had a lot of junk.
0: <laughs> you know, but as you were speaking about this, I'm going back to the cheeseburger at Rucker's because we all, and you said it in that um, piece of time that, you know, you felt the need to share, oh yeah, it was a great hamburger or the great place. Um, and we carried that, through in other seasons. And you said, which is black and white truth, you have to go within. Because if you don't go within, you take that cheeseburger incident with you.
1: Yes. And um I think I didn't realize this. I think this is something that a lot of leaders struggle with is shame and guilt. Even now when I do my executive coaching
2: mm-hmm. is,
1: is is they struggle with shame and guilt. You see, because after my wife had her double mastectomy, mm-hmm. she got depressed, and it. And then we went back for the second surgery, and they said, "Well, she's good, she's good,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but now there's cancer on her skin, right around her breast." So it was a, it was like another job in the face. So it's just like, okay, God, like, dude, like I'm, <laughs> at the moment, I'm like, it was just the beginning, and at that, I thought I was gonna fall apart, but we kept it together. And my wife really was just the strength of our family because she, she didn't play the victim mentality. She didn't say, why me? Mm-hmm. She said, why not me?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And and as we're going on this journey and I'm there and I, I make a decision, well, I need to go find a job. And as I go looking for this tie that I'm going to wear for an interview, I find an email from like five, six years prior that when I, when I ran the Chevrolet dealership, I'd go speak at high schools. And that's kind of where my speaking career started. And I remember the email that said, who is this car guy that came and spoke? Tell him EJ's not the same. I'm like, Oh, what did I do? He's running the house yelling and screaming. He puts on this cap, the Chevrolet cap, and he looks in the mirror and I'm like, Oh, and he says, I love you. He goes, tell him, I said, thank you. My son has never been happier.
2: Mm-hmm. And When
1: I read that, I started crying. And I felt that that's when God said, Daniel, you're going to be a motivational speaker. Mm-hmm. And of course, I told everybody and everybody thought I was crazy and they did. I guess, I, I guess looking back, I would have said the same thing, mm-hmm. but I just took that and I just knew that it was God that, that was speaking to me. And I took a job because they said, Hey, right in the car business, don't, don't burn your bridges. So I went and talked to this dealership and I said, yes. So I took the job, but God allowed me to go back. And I think God allows you sometimes you think okay, you're so, you're so persistent and not listening to me. Go back into that dealership. I went there half a day. I hated it. I was miserable, and it was God's way of showing me you don't belong here anymore, man. Mm-hmm. You're, you're done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think when I when I really took a step back and I said, "I'm just," gonna told my wife, it "Doesn't make sense," but I'm gonna start the business, and we never looked back.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And since then, we've grown. I've shared the stage live with Les Brown. I spoke on stage with Tom Bill, you, and other prominent speakers, and. Then from that, everything else kind of just branched off from there, and it's been an amazing run, um, Megan. And I just—I'm humbled. And, it,
0: and it's just beginning. You know, uh, as I listen to you, and but I re- always reflect, Daniel, when uh, my guests are speaking about their themselves and their lives, I'm thinking about the people that are listening, and uh, and not just today you know, the live, but then subsequent uh, on YouTube and the podcasting and so forth. And I I think about the nuggets of not only the experience but the essence of how you worked through it. Understanding, the, you know, I'm just gonna keep using the cheeseburger as an example, but that season and when your uh, girlfriend's parents said what they said, You were not shattered. You were not destroyed. You had your challenges with it, but you continued on. And you also said that uh, you knew God, but you didn't have an intimate relationship. But as time went on, but the seed of that was there. And so as long as there is a seed, God can work with that. But that is truly what I see with so many people uh, that I have the true honor to uh, have you with me and share your story, because it's not, um, you know, I know you are a motivational speaker and you speak about all of this, but I'm sure that you don't lay it out like this. And so um, it's so good to do that because it helps others, truly helps others to understand that they too can build their lives through you lost your mother, you lost your father, you have, you know, your wife has been, Deal. has dealt with things, um, your own personal journeys. You've been through a lot, but right now you're the happiest and you're the most productive you've ever been.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I I think it's, you're you're hundred percent right is you have to be honest with yourself. And Mm
2: -hmm.
1: when just having conversations like this, it heals the soul. Mm -hmm. And that's where many leaders drop the ball. Mm Mm-hmm. They think, whether you're a male or female, you think that the biggest lie we've been told is you can't show weakness. You have to be strong. And you're right. But it's it's we have the wrong interpretation of strength. That's right. We have a wrong facade of strength. Because the leaders that hold everything in, those are the ones that turn to alcohol. Those are the ones that turn to food. Those are the ones that turn to other men and women because they're trying to find that satisfaction. In, mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's temporary. It's just mm-hmm. a temporary fix a temporary high, right? A temporary acceptance when we're already accepted by God, right? We're already loved and accepted by God. That's right. But if you're not right. given permission as a child or you're not shown as a leader and when you're mentored, that it's okay to show weakness because people are the, the, the the dumbest thing we think is they don't know. And everybody knows, but you, right? Everybody mm-hmm. knows. But you. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's maybe this is a bad analogy, but I'm just going to say it for what it is, right? Especially in the automotive industry, everybody knows that you're having an affair and you're trying to be a secret, but everybody knows it's not like you try to play it off, but everybody knows. And everybody knows you have issues as a leader. Mm-hmm. So why not be honest with yourself and allow right. yourself to talk about it and, and speak about it? And I just got to, by God's grace, uh, you know, talking about the automotive industry, I was running from it, Megan. I've been running from it for the last four years. I've, I've I've had a couple of clients in the automotive industry and you brought up Clubhouse and I didn't really care for the automotive groups in there. Because I didn't want to deal with that because it had a there was a sore inside my soul that said this almost cost me my family mm-hmm. subconsciously, right? That thought was there, but I was unaware of it because it was buried. Mm-hmm. And and as time has gone on, my publisher goes, Man, go to this room and clubhouse. Like you have your book, like use it. And I'm like, I don't really care. Like I'm I'm we're doing money, we're doing revenue in other places. I'm okay. And God says it's time to go back to the automotive industry. Exactly. Differently. Exactly.
0: Not to limit God. Yes. Not to limit God. And, you know, uh, and I'm going to close with this and then I'm going to ask you a question. I ask all of my guests, but, you know, you said something very interesting about the uh, pastor that came over when your wife was diagnosed and he asked you permission to pray. But, you know, the greatest leader that was ever um, walking this planet was Jesus. And we all know that because uh, the Bible says that we have free will and so that like you said that man didn't see that in you so therefore he asked permission God asks that every day of us Are you here for me? Are you with me?
1: yeah and and, and, and I'll say like just coming what we're talking about now are you gonna go where I send you to go and I think I, I've had a lot of healing even just past year. I think the biggest mistake that the biggest lie that religion has taught us is when you forgive it, you're done. And it's, you're done with the first level. But as God wants to take you higher, I call it the, I call it the skyscraper effect. As God takes you from a 10 foot skyscraper to a hundred story skyscraper to a, to a 2000 story skyscraper, he has to go deeper than that way you can handle the blessing. And so many Mm -hmm. times we don't feel, we don't deal with those traumas. And it's just been amazing when I really dealt with them. He goes, okay, now you're healed. And just this past week, I got a, um, keynote speaker for a hundred dealerships here in Texas, and it's God saying they need you. Amen. So I'm ready. I'm excited, and it's just you know sometimes those very places that God heals you from, He'll send you back because I know what they're going through. Yes. And the lady goes, "Well, why you know why should I hire you?" I'm like, "You know what? I was in the automotive industry. I know what they're thinking." She goes, "Okay, you're hired." And <laughs> but. You got to know, Yes. And most yeah. of us, it's time that we stop running from those, our histories, our skeletons, mm-hmm. and let God heal us of those traumas as leaders
2: mm-hmm. and
1: just allow ourselves to be used because you matter. Somebody's watching this right now and you feel like you're a failure. You feel like you're a mistake. Just because you have failed doesn't make you a failure. Just because you made a mistake, it doesn't make you a mistake. God's already forgiven you. He's just waiting for you to forgive yourself.
0: Amen. Amen. So the question I ask everyone fits perfectly in what you just shared with our, our guests, is that um, I ask everyone, uh, and it's a piece from a, a, the book, um, Three Feet from Gold. I don't know if you've ever read it. It's uh, written by Sharon Lecter and Greg Reed. And it's technically autobiographical on Greg's life, but it starts out, with a gentleman from the East Coast coming to the West Coast in the gold rush days. And he uh, had you know gold fever and bought a little piece of property and started chiseling away and um, got frustrated, continued on a bit, frustrated, and then gave up. He sold his property to a local person, and that guy in three feet struck gold. So how many times do we get to that place and give up and could, did not go on, did not continue on? In that book, uh, Sharon Lecter, um, you know, who was the co-author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and on it, you know, she rewrote uh, Napoleon Hill's amazing book, um, Think and Grow Rich, for then for women. So, I mean, a prolific writer, prolific thinker, and she has what she calls a success formula. And it is your purpose plus talent, passion, excuse me, passion plus talent times association times action plus faith equals success. Now, I'm not going to ask you all of that, but Daniel, what is your passion and what is your talent?
1: Well, I'll I'll say this. It starts with, first of all, my passion is God as my CEO. Without God, there's nothing, right? My faith is in him. And, and because I put him at the head as, as a cornerstone of the foundation of who we are at Daniel Gomez Enterprises, that's what's elevated us during 2020. During COVID, we doubled. We've had a record-breaking first quarter, second quarter this year. And I say that humbly because I know who my source is. And the moment I fired myself as, as a CEO, because he told me to, he goes, you can be the president, but if you want this business to fly, I got to run it. And I think the passion is really, when you really have that passion to, 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 Serve God and really Matthew 6 33 that says, Seek first the kingdom of God and everything else will be added onto you. When you live that out, and your passion is to put the Father before you and everything else, the blessings chase you down. The house that we have, we shouldn't even have it because there was no houses when we bought it. But it who 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 could have planned it? You can't. And it's and it's true because our our, our thinking has to change where we're so used to performance, performance, performance. But The thing is, when you're performance based, you don't allow yourself to receive the grace of God, right? You don't give God the space and the place to receive. And it's been a hard transition. I'll tell you, he's been, he's been knocking my head over for the last year and a half, really this last year, just learn how to receive. So my passion is to please a father and serve him. And as I do that, as I allow my plan, his plan to overlay my plan and he puts people in front of me that maybe need $100, maybe need a prayer, maybe need groceries, whatever it may be.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And just walking that obedience, it's like everything else, he takes care of the rest. And I really, of course, I'm human, I stress out, but I think my passion is to be his hands and feet. If I had to sum it up, his hands and feet to the people out there that are hurting, that need to hear his message for that day. That's my passion. And the second part is a question. Can you... I the ta-
0: your talent,
1: Your talent. Oh, my talent. I just... My talent is this, is that I just, I think I'm just charismatic, right? Uh, I have charisma and, and if I use it for his glory, everything else falls in place. So I realized that, right? I ha- Everybody says, man, you have a beautiful smile. You have an amazing smile, but it's just God glory shining through yeah. me. And when I use it for him, everything else takes, there was a time when I wouldn't use it for him, right? I would manipulate people because I knew how to, how to use it in that way. And I'm yeah. just being honest. But now that I. It's my heart is in the right place. And my wife so. is mm-hmm. cancer free. It's like I have a lot to be grateful. Even in my worst days, that I, I think that. But I think he he, he has a way of reminding me. Right? He, there's always a way he he humbles you, and it's through putting a post and it doesn't get the reaction that you want, or you get an you apply for a speaking engagement that you know you qualified for and you don't get it. But I've learned that hey, I'm trusting in you. And and the funny thing is I had a big engagement, and I went with this. That I that I was sure I talked to the people like four times. They interviewed me. They interviewed me with a panel, and I'm like, "Honey, man, it's gonna be a great speaking engagement in 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 Fort Worth." I was excited, and I didn't get it, and I was like, I was discouraged because I I tasted it.
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: the the moral of the story is this: if I would have gotten that gig, Megan, I wouldn't have gotten the automotive industry gig.
0: It it, it his ways are the divine ways. We just they're on the same date. <laughs> Oh, wow. Well, that is the P.S. to the story, as they say. (laughs) These ways are the ways. Wow. We need to do another segment, my friend. But uh, thank you so much, Daniel, for joining me today. It it was wonderful. And I know that this uh, Unique Leaders Live segment with Daniel Gomez is going to really resonate with so many people uh, throughout the world. So I truly thank you and give them hope and infinite possibilities with the power of the holy spirit so thank you and if you just stay in the green room for a minute i'll be back
1: thank you thank you everybody thank you for having me megan god bless y'all
0: thank you wow 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 i just so enjoyed my time i know you did as well this is available to you at any time on youtube subscribe to it is on the podcast platform, subscribe to the Unique Leaders Podcast. Whenever you have a moment of question mark of where you are in your journey, Daniel Gomez um, truly will resonate with you and his story. Um, In the context of the uh, shows, you'll see his information where you can reach out to uh, Daniel. As he said, he's now a uh, motivational speaker, but also a coach. And what a wonderful coach to have, which is uh, has great sales and business experience, but also the wisdom of the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. So I know that he would be honored to um, have you contact him. So do that. So we will see you next Friday on Unique Leaders Live. But again, I thank you for joining me today. And I hope that this has given you hope and infinite possibilities. And remember that it's never too early or too late to create the life of your dreams. Be blessed. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Unique Leaders Podcast. If we said something today that resonated with you, please connect with me at megandimartino.com. I have a free gift for you. My book, hope and possibilities just over the horizon. It's never too early or too late to create the life of your dreams. And don't forget to head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. I would truly appreciate it.
2: Be blessed.